Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkits Entertainment Talks Podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? Cool. I'm not too bad. Uh, just keeping an eye on this recorder. I'm not going to minimize it. Uh, just uh, keep it in, in front of me. Because sometimes it likes to shut itself off whenever ever it has an error. But that's got nothing to do with video games. Uh, what are you playing this? What, what have you been playing lately? Uh, not a whole lot. Uh, from the people that listened to uh, last week's podcast, I know I would travel a lot uh, for mm-hmm. work. So I didn't get home until super late. On Friday, so that was kind of a dead day. Uh, Saturday, I spent catch up, you know, doing a lot of the stuff that I had, you know, let fall by the wayside because I wasn't in the state at the time. Mm. And so I didn't really get a whole lot of time to play this week. Um, I've been grinding through the uh, story for Heartland, which is one of the expansions for State of Decay 2. Oh, yeah. I'm going to try to finish that up. I did really quick hop back into a. Uh, Red Dead Online, because I wanted to check out new uh, roles that they had added. Uh, the Bounty Hunter, the Collector, and I forget what the third one is. Uh, the problem is that I didn't get a chance to play any of it, because it's all behind a fake paywall. Well, you did something When I say you. a fake oh. paywall, technically you don't have to pay for it if you've done enough online stuff, or you've purchased gold bars, which is their kind of exclusive in-game currency, not tied to uh, anything else. Um, and each profession takes 15 gold, par- gold bars a piece, which is pretty expensive, mm. uh, just in general. Uh, I've kind of screwed around a little bit with the online stuff, and I've only got like six and a half gold bars, and five of that I think I got from like a Twitch promotion. Okay. Uh, so I haven't really had a chance. Now, supposedly the Bounty Hunter one, which I did not check out initially, because that's the one I was least interested in, is the one you get free for being a Twitch Prime member, so... Whenever I get a chance, I'm going to have to hop back on and see if it'll let me play that one or not. But outside of that, I haven't really played a whole lot. Cool. Um, yeah, there's a very specific reason I've played slight, well, slightly less. I'm about to talk a whole bunch about the uh, Modern Warfare beta, open beta which uh, was this week. Actually, it started on Thursday, so I played it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then, well, it wasn't available on Monday. Well, it was, but I think it was like, you know, because time zones and whatnot. Um yeah, uh, but I'm working on a little uh, podcast project at the moment, which you'll all see soon. Uh, it's got nothing to do with things that kind of currently exist. It's just it's just a little something. It's not like a new series or classic reviews thing or anything. So uh, it's just a fun little thing that I'm kind of doing, uh, which is taking up a bit of time, but it involves uh, some fun stuff. So you, you guys will see some of that soon. Um, but in terms of, yes, yeah, the stuff I have been playing, which has mainly been uh, the Modern Warfare open beta. Um so in the alpha that they did, which was one that I previously talked about, and the one that I did the let's play for, uh, that was only the two v. Actually, there was another mode. There was like a fist fight mode, which I didn't really do. But in the alpha, it was the two v two. You know, you're in like a really really small map or a small version of one of the maps, and uh, it was essentially two v two. Whoever kills, whoever you know survives, uh, wins the round, and it was five rounds. This uh, open beta for the multiplayer was for um just the the actual normal multiplayer modes um they had i'm not sure if it's a new multiplayer mode because i haven't properly played call of duty in about five years maybe longer than that um they've got one called headquarters and the thing i like about headquarters is it's essentially you know you're you're on the the normal sized maps not not one of the small 2v2 maps otherwise it would just be (laughs) crazy um yeah you're in you're in one of the uh, the bigger maps and there's essentially just this waypoint that comes up you know you, you'll go over to it on your map and it will unlock after a certain particular amount of time 
and then the more players on your team uh, that are in the objective, the faster the bar will go up. Uh, it's a bit, it's a little bit like the, um, the domination mode, which domination is the same, but that's got three points. Headquarters has got one, so that everybody essentially goes to the same place. And the reason I really like this as a game mode, uh, I still like domination. I still played. Um, Domination a fair bit because that's again essentially the same thing but three and you can kind of sneakily grab one or whatever But the thing I really like about headquarters is unless there's people that are mucking about and doing their own little team deathmatch in the corner uh, And not going for the objective is everybody else in order to actually win the game because it's not one by kills It's one by the points you get from headquarters is you've got a properly set up like okay Is there a place I can sit or is there a little area that I can sit? Uh, and then kind of pick people off or whatever and you know, uh, is your back guarded, or you know, do, do you need to use claymores, or do you need to put up one of the uh, the? I think it's like the quick um, barriers that you can kind of put up, which I really really like using as well. Um, and it's essentially like, okay, you know, you're in that particular little area, and like, okay, which doors do I need to cover? Is somebody going to come out of there? Is you know, somebody going to come out of of wherever? And uh, if I get swarmed, am I going to be able to run away and survive easily? You know, run away to where you can slowly come back and then pick off the team to where you don't get overwhelmed and then to think like okay if somebody chucks a grenade in here am i going to be able to throw it back out or or dodge it entirely or is it just going to blow up in some cases people cook the grenade long enough to where they throw it it happens to land at your feet and explode in the same second uh which you know it takes good timing you deserve some credit if you can manage to do that um but yeah it's essentially one one both teams swarm one particular area and it's sort of whoever can just fight to get that particular point and i really liked it i really liked when i had gotten myself into a good position to where the back of me was maybe like slightly exposed in terms of people shooting me in the back and whatever but in more in the terms of the area with more i guess enemy traffic is what you can maybe call it where you're, you're going to see a lot of the enemies pour in to where i've got a good line of sight to it and i can like use some of my equipment not just my gun uh, and then, I mean, you've got to think of contingencies as well, because uh, unless you're near one of the um, ammo boxes, that I think it's called an ammo box or whatever, an ammo crate, which your teammates can drop down. If you're not near one of them and you run out of ammo and there's still more team coming and then there's uh, a minute left, like, what are you going to do then? So there's, there's different tactical sort of things that you have to sort of put into perspective uh, with it or, or try and plan around, maybe. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's a new mode necessarily. It might have been in Black Ops 4, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I think I dipped in a little bit to Black Ops 4, but I couldn't remember what I'd played or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's really, really fun. And there's, um, essentially, because on the, I think it was on the Sunday, they allowed you to filter out certain game modes. So, like, Team Deathmatch, I don't really like that much. It's basically two teams just running all over the place and killing each other. It's not very, like, organised. Uh, and uh, I essentially clicked on Domination and then 20-man Domination or something. So, where it's 10 aside, I think. Uh, and then um, headquarters, and then I think there was another version of headquarters. Uh, so I was basically just getting those games in a loop. So yeah, really enjoyed what I what I played of it, and uh, got into a bit of sniping as well. So there was a particular spot on I can't remember the name of the map, but it's where you can aim right next to where B is uh, with a sniper. And the A position. So this is for um, a domination game mode. The a flag is right next to the building that you're in so if a couple of enemies make their way around there you can maybe shoot out the window or whatever and I found that just like really really fun uh, and it's fun as well when like you know you, you look in another window and you notice another sniper has, has spotted you and then you kind of have to pick each other off it's it's really fun so uh, yeah I know you said you didn't have much interest in in this year's Call of Duty or 
any of the previous really so yeah i mean i'm just not a first person shooter kind of guy mm-hmm. i mean i play him from time to time but generally i suck at him <laughs> so i just don't invest a whole lot of time in it mm-hmm. and i mean yeah with like certain you can tell there's certain players in there that have like played every call of duty since they started coming out uh and i've still got some like decent reflexes and stuff and i still remember how to play call of duty it's still at the core uh, the same game, but yeah, in terms of reflexes, I I get what you mean. So, um, because there will be situations where like, oh cool, I got to that window. I'm gonna, um, what was it called? Uh, it's where you can like lean your gun on the wall or something, and you can better sort of stabilize your shot. It's like, oh, I've ended up, you know, back at the spot I want to be at, and then someone from another window will snipe you, and you'll see them at the last second, but you, you uh, got caught out or whatever. So that's I mean that's kind of fun. So. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It comes out October 25th, so do, like, four other games as well, or th- three other games. Uh, so I'll see, uh, I mean, I want to get in there on the 25th and start getting my rank up, basically. Um, but I think what I'll try and do is, uh, because there's still the campaign as well, which is supposed to be really good. Um, I think I'll change between the 2v2 alpha, because I still really liked that, and the headquarters stuff. Because, uh, like, with the, the free-for-all game mode and the team deathmatch stuff, and... Search and destroy. Maybe I'm not quite so interested in those. I, I just think with with team deathmatch, it, it's just two teams of like uh, all together about 20 players just swarming all over the map, and there's no organization whatsoever. It's just sort of who can pick who off first, like who can see who first and start shooting. So um, yeah, not quite as fun as that, but yeah, October 25th that comes out, and that's what I was playing basically. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so a fair bit of that. Uh, I did get sent today uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I know is a very long game. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot to play <laughs> with between now and the end of the year. I've not started Blair Witch. I've not started Gears 5. Uh, I put on pause my playthrough of Ultimate Alliance 3. Um, so, yeah, lots of stuff still to, still to play. So, um, what, are you, what are you going to be playing over the next kind of couple of weeks? Uh, not a whole lot. Work sending me out of state again all next week, so that's going to kill Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and most of Friday for my gaming. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I'm just kind of spinning my wheels until Outer Worlds comes out at the end of next month. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's I'm going to try to finish. Yeah, 25th of October, so I got about a month and a half of that. Uh, I'm going to try to finish up the main story mode for Spider-Man. I don't know if I'll be able to do that or not, because I really don't know. Kind of short, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that I should be able to, but then it's just a matter of uh, just getting you know the time together and the mm-hmm. motivation together to turn the PS4 on to play it. Yeah. Uh, but but outside of that... You've got the DLC as well, haven't you? Yeah, I've got all the yeah. DLC. Cool. Uh, non-spoilery, spoilery... Uh, kind of bit i've just gotten past the point to where everybody's gathered to celebrate somebody and then all mayhem goes loose so yeah yeah i remember you saying that uh the um speech thing that was mm-hmm. happening yeah i remember you saying and that. if you played the game you know exactly where i'm at and if you haven't mm-hmm. played the game then i'm not really spoiling anything so no nothing i mean we didn't even mention any character names so no nope. uh, apart from spider-man spoiler um all right that's what we've been playing uh at the moment that's what we've been doing let's move into some housekeeping and let you know what other content we've been making on entertainment talk see you in a minute Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Kualu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use, which is in the bottom right-hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, 
All you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. Sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past. And get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, let me scroll down here slightly, uh, what have we got? Uh, let's play Sundays, another episode, uh, for the FIFA 20 demo, which is just not great, but you can see more of that. Uh, not me at the game, I mean, I'm not that great at the game, because it's new mechanics and whatnot, but the game itself, just, I mean, come on EA, you've got to, like, change stuff, and I don't mean every year to add a new game mode or whatever, just, just, just sort it out, so, because they've got the new, um, it's called Volita, but it's basically FIFA Street. Uh, which has been, instead of them releasing a separate FIFA Street game, which is surprising that they didn't because, you know, more money, uh, they essentially added it to that. I didn't play that game mode, I played the normal kickoff, uh, and you can see how I did in uh, the different matches on Let's Play Sundays. That's the FIFA 20 demo. Uh, speaking of f- football, uh, Man United finally won another game after a few draws and defeats. Uh, we beat uh, Leicester City at home 1-0 through a penalty through Marcus Rashford, uh, so that sent us up the league table a little bit. I think we're about Fourth or fifth. Uh, I can't remember what the West Ham score was yesterday. I didn't check, I don't think. Um, but yeah, we're about fourth or fifth in the league, so things are going alright. Uh, the Europa League is starting this Thursday for Manchester United. Yes, it's kind of the B-tier uh, Champions League because we're not in that this season because we couldn't finish high enough last season. Um, but um, yeah, we're playing uh, a team called Astana. I've never heard of them myself. They're from Kazakhstan, apparently. Um, so we should be able to beat them because I couldn't name you a single uh, Astana player, but that's on Thursday, and that's going to be obviously tying in with uh, American Horror Story. American Horror Story tie uh, starts again for season nine this Thursday. Uh, it's it's um, Wednesday nights. I think it's nine or ten p.m. Uh, on FX in the U.S. So if you want to uh, see what Ryan Murphy's got up his sleeve this year for the horror anthology, of course that's. Um, yeah, Wednesdays, 9 or 10 p.m. on FX in the U.S., and then the next day, so Thursday the 19th, um, on Fox in the U.K., that's at 10 p.m. for the episode, and then, of course, look out for the podcast shortly after, so it's going to be a busy Thursday night, which will be fun as well. Um, cool, uh, other preview podcasts and stuff, we're going to be doing an Arrow preview podcast after this, so have a look out for that. Uh, and I'm going to be using the same housekeeping section, so if you're already listening to Arrow podcast, then you're already there. Um, we did a preview podcast for one of the other DC shows last week. That's for the Flash Season 6. So all those shows are starting up again soon. Um, so look out for our podcast for those. And of course Crisis in December. Uh, and we did an Entertainment Talk TV podcast last week, episode 26. Talking about Apple TV Plus uh, and the streaming services. And me kind of comparing uh, services and prices from the US and the UK. And we also talked a little bit about the stuff that we're watching. Uh, last week on Gaming Talk, we talked about Last of Us 2 and Death Stranding. Uh, Last of Us 2 has got a date for a media event of some kind. I can't remember the exact date, but we discussed it in that podcast. And Death Stranding gameplay, of course, which we'll be talking about here in just, just a few moments or a bit later in the podcast. Uh, and we also 
talked about KFC because there's a KFC dating sim out there, uh, which is on Steam. It's free, so you won't be spending any money unless there's in-game stuff. I don't know, uh, but if you want to try that out, it's free. It's on Steam. If you're curious or whatever, then sure, you've got nothing to lose really. Uh, yeah, we talked about that and some other stuff as well. Video game reviews did a few more of those or did another one of those. Man of uh, Maiden, I finished. It's fairly short, about three to five hours depending on how your playthrough goes. I discussed which characters I got killed um, or ended up getting killed, but not how because it's a spoiler-free podcast and it's fine for me to say which characters died because all the characters can die in that game. That's what type of game it is. But yeah, my Man of Maiden uh, spoiler-free review is out there. Classic reviews are still continuing. It's got its last... Um, Review episode tomorrow, which will be season 2, episode 10. But season 2, episode 9 was for The Office on NBC. Uh, it's available somewhere in the UK. I watched it a long time ago. But, um, yeah, that's that as well. Um, I did a discussion podcast on Superman. Because there's no sight of Superman in the DCEU at the moment. So I discussed everything related to that. And discussed DC's upcoming uh, film slate as well. Uh, the Good Place is coming back. Uh, next week for its final season on NBC and Netflix. Of course, we have covered season three here on Entertainment Talk, so you can look out for that. But yes, next Friday, uh, coverage starts for the Good Place for the final season. You can maybe catch up between now and next Thursday. They're fairly short seasons. If you binge, maybe you can catch up. Uh, and that's what we've been doing on EntertainmentTalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. <laughs> Right, what would you like to talk about today? Well, you uh, mentioned Steam in the recap. Uh, there's a new game on Steam that some people might be interested in. Uh, if you're tired or you've given up waiting for Skate 4, a new skating game is currently on early access for Steam. It's called Sessions, and Sessions is a skateboarding game. It's uh, very, very uh, reminiscent of both uh, Skate 3 and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Uh, because you can do either the uh, analog stick flicks with the uh, Skate 3 or the button pressings with uh, Tony Hawk. Uh, the game does require a game controller of some kind, so you will have to connect a controller to uh, your computer to do it. Uh, but I've got it up here on Steam, and the uh, system requirements are actually quite low, all things considered. They are very, very low for a uh, minimum. <laughs> yeah. Well, for those people that are like myself, you know, know of the computer specs, mm -hmm. for an absolute minimum, it's a Windows 10 Intel Core 2 Quad uh, Q6600 or uh, Phenom 2 X4940, which is super low, uh, only 4 gigs of RAM in the memory. And then the recommended, of course, is an i5-8400 or Ryzen 5 2600, which again is on the very, very low end spectrum for uh, computer gaming. Uh, so it's not meant to melt your uh, systems or settings or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't had a chance to play it because I literally found out about about an hour ago. Um, and since it is an early access, it's not a try it now kind of a thing or beta test kind of a thing. It's just straight up buy it. But it is only $20. So if it's something that you play and you don't really kind of get into, 
you're not going to be out a whole lot of money. I mean, granted, it is twenty bucks, but it's not like you're spending sixty bucks for a game that's broken or dead right. or anything like that. This is Anthem. this <laughs> is an early access. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was one thing I forgot to mention. Anthem's on um, EA Access, which is uh, putting that nail in its coffin. Uh, yeah, in terms of skate and, and all that sort of stuff, I know that I know there's a big uh, community out there for those games. Uh, and they're kind of disappointed at the current treatment of not just Skate because obviously EA has uh, killed that as well. Uh, well, pretty much killed that. I mean, when when was the last one? It was at least I was in uh, high school when I played Skate Two, I think, with uh, with one of my friends. So that was at least as late as 2010, which was nine years ago. So well, Skate Three was uh, the last generation, so that was a 360 okay. slash PS3 game. So at a minimum, it's been five years. Yeah. So. At an absolute minimum, it's been at least five years since a game in that genre has come out. Cool. Or uh, with that uh, um, IP. Yeah, and I know a lot of people miss uh, Tony Hawk as well. So who knows? Maybe this could kind of um, scratch the edge for those type of people. I'm not like I'm not a huge like skateboard kind of person, but skateboarding games can be fun. I I played uh, some of Skate, like I just mentioned. And um, I did play some of the Tony Hawk games on on the PlayStation, which they're like quite highly regarded as one of the best. Uh, PlayStation games. Um, it, it it is really kind of one of them shame sort of situations where like the company who doesn't really deserve the IP has it. So if you look at EA and they have things like you know FIFA, which they don't really deserve, and Skate, which they don't really deserve, and Mirror's Edge, and then you look at Konami and the big three properties they've got there: uh, Silent Hill, Castlevania, and Metal Gear. Uh, they don't really deserve those IPs. So it really is kind of it does kind of really suck when some of these companies just own these IPs and nobody else can really do anything with it because i'm sure i'm very very sure that with those uh what's that five different ips i just mentioned fifa skate castlevania metal gear silent hill uh i'm sure with those five different ip if ea and konami said hey these are up for sale i'm sure somebody would buy them absolutely uh and either do remasters or new games or whatever there'll be a ton of different options uh i mean i'm sure thq would buy at least one of them so uh yeah it's 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 a shame but hey this uh what did you say it was called session Session, yeah. Session. Uh, I remember seeing a trailer, I think it was about the, a week before E3, it was like this one minute sort of uh, teaser trailer thing and it said uh, come into console soon or, or something like that, I think that's what it said. Um, but yeah, I didn't really hear any noise about it then particularly, maybe it was a little bit quiet and that sort of thing, but um, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hopefully scratch the itch of those people who've been waiting for a good skateboarding game, because really, outside of skate and... Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. I I couldn't name you another skateboarding franchise necessarily. So uh, those are kind of the two main ones, yeah. the ones that have any kind of traction whatsoever. Yeah. So yeah, it's a shame. But uh, let's see if this because I mean the skateboarding itself, nobody has the real license to that. I suppose because uh, you can you can like make a football game or whatever, but you can't use the same licenses that like EA have or whatever. So. Um, yeah, yeah still... there's no there's no real league per se, so mm-hmm. they can't you know anybody yeah. that you know has their uh, their image or their face tied to a specific brand is just because mm-hmm. it's from some whatever contract uh, they signed when they wrote those contracts. So yeah, because you can put like a nameless guy on a skateboard, put him in a game, and call that a skateboarding game. I don't think there's anything legal in there because he's not got Tony Hawk's face on it or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with this, but I'm excited for those people that really want this kind of game because that's always a good thing. So, uh, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, in a very short-lived uh, listing by GameStop, 
uh, it, it looks like at least the rumor mill is going super crazy. I bet it is. <laughs> uh, that uh, a new uh, Splinter Cell game is on the horizon. Mm. We talked about this a while back uh, when uh, Splinter Cell rec- uh, replica goggles were posted on there. And people oh, yeah. were just thinking, oh, that's just kind of a thing. Um, but a very short-lived listing shows an actual game being developed by Ubisoft, which I don't know if that's actually going to turn into a thing or not, but I know a lot of people would be really happy if they got a new Splinter Cell game. Yeah, me, me included, my, myself included. Uh, I remember I didn't do a specific review for uh, Conviction and Blacklist, but I remember on at least two podcasts I mentioned I played them back-to-back and, and loved them quite a lot uh I, and i couldn't remember any particular thoughts of the games um sure they might have been a little bit off because they were a little bit older but i thoroughly enjoyed both of them um yeah i mean i i really do kind of feel that this year's e3 was kind of the the calm before the storm if you will because if the ps5 and xbox scarlet are coming out next holiday and we have an e3 five or six months before that they're gonna have to announce uh what new games are for these new you know launch titles for these new games and it's not just going to obviously be sony and microsoft studio games uh or games from those studios it's going to be games from ea and ubisoft and and uh, square enix and whoever else um so i think it does kind of make sense like you know I, I, i'm guessing kind of the, the next assassin's creed will probably be saved for like a ps5 launch i think that um if there wasn't if there is another splinter cell in development at the moment which i believe that there is uh, I mean, you can take that for whatever, but I, I believe that there is. I think it makes sense to hold that for the next uh, wave of consoles, however you want to kind of phrase it. Um, I think that makes sense. Because if, if you release it in, like, let's say April next year, a new Splinter Cell game comes out, and then, like, sure, you might have some backwards compatibility and stuff, but you can really kind of make use of, you know, the PS5 and the Scarlet and uh, to kind of push the game forward even more. So, um, yeah, that, that's what kind of makes sense to me. What, what do you think in terms of Splinter Cell? Uh, I'm. It's one of those franchises where I kind of want to have it, and I'm not quite sure it'll be as good as I remember like the older games. Hmm. But I know a lot of people are super passionate about the franchise, so and they just want another version of that because it's. I also there we haven't had one this generation, and no. it's been quite a long time since we had one in the previous generation. Yeah, I think it was 2013, uh, the last one. Yeah, that's about it. Is uh, 2013 is about the last time that we've had one. So I know a lot of people are just like, you know, give me more, give me more, give me more. But then, you know, you get into the thing to where, you know, people say that and then they give them more with a new game and then mm-hmm. nobody buys it. So you got to kind of balance that uh, desire with uh, uh, expectations. So Yeah, I mean, the next thing we'll see of... Um of uh, Splinter Cell himself, uh, or Sam Fisher rather, uh, I, I was f- trying to think of his name, uh, Sam Fisher is in that, the mobile game that I can't even remember the name of, it was shown off at E3 and they had Sam as one of the playable characters in something, so he's in a mobile game, but I don't know if anybody really cares about that particular mobile game, so uh, I'm sure if you asked Splinter Cell fans um, what do they want, they probably wouldn't tell you a mobile game, they'd probably say like a, a new 3D uh, action adventure, whatever stealth game. So, yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. I, I think. I, I mean, I know I've predicted it for. Pro- I think it was last two E3s I predicted it, but I'm gonna, you know, predict it probably again next year. Uh, that they'll do split and sell because I really do think that like, okay, if this is the last three before these new consoles comes out, and it seems like it is because Microsoft this year said that Scarlet is holiday 2020. 
that's your kind of your your last chance to well not necessarily a last chance but conference wise and to make a big buzz uh it's kind of your big chance to reveal what's coming in the next generation so um because i'm sure between now and e3 next year that sony will come out and say about um i mean at least ghost ghost of Shima and uh and last of us 2 um but uh yeah they'll probably come out at some point and obviously talk about ps5 so we'll see but uh yeah it's exciting times Exc- exciting things to look for so we'll see what uh comes out what else do you want to talk about today uh well next up um people that remember uh insomniac games was purchased by sony a while back mm. Uh, and a lot of people have been wondering what's that mean for various franchises. Um, during an interview with Inside Games, uh, Shuhei Yoshida confirmed that Microsoft does not own the rights to Sunset Overdrive anymore. SIE, which is uh, you know Insomniac Games Interactive, I'm guessing, holds the right to past and Insom- Sony Entertainment. Yeah, Sony Entertainment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they do hold all the rights to past Insomniac games, which does include uh, Sunset Overdrive. Mm-hmm. As to whether a sequel or a port would be coming to the PlayStation platform, uh, Yoshida declined comment, but he did say he was about he was excited for the future of Insomniac titles. Um, he didn't really go into anything that Insomniac's working on the future, although we all assume that there's going to be a sequel to the Spider-Man game because it sold so damn well. Yeah, very, very likely. So. <laughs> uh, but that is interesting that through that purchase of Insomniac games that uh, Microsoft did lose uh, the exclusive rights to Sunset Overdrive because that was kind of like the big FU to Sony when Insomniac mm. made that game. Yeah, because obviously they were known for Ratchet and Clank and whatnot i think it was resistance i think it was resistance mm-hmm. the, the other game that they uh yeah uh, were creating so because I, I was almost thinking of um the gorilla games shooter game but it's the other one it's uh resistance so um yeah i mean it will be interesting to see if uh you know if um you know uh, sunset overdrive the first one does come to ps4 it would surprise it would surprise me more if it didn't i would say um, but certainly in terms of what they could do with that franchise, because a lot of people really liked it, uh, Sunset Overdrive, the first one, I, I liked it enough, it was a, it was a fairly good game, but it, it was one of those games I ended up, um, doing, you know, uh, listening to podcasts and stuff, because the story kind of just, like, lost itself a bit, but I was like, hey, this is still kind of fun, and I want to finish off the game, so I started listening to podcasts and, uh, uh, finished off the game, basically, but, uh, in terms of the sequel, there's some fun stuff that they could do. Um, but don't forget that, like, Insomniac, they've got three different big IP kind of options, I suppose, um, which is, you know, Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank, Sunset Overdrive, and I guess if you want to include, uh, Resi- Resistance, and the only reason I'm not including Resistance in that conversation, I don't really see people talking about that, uh, game series anymore, that franchise anymore, so I don't know how big that would be necessarily, granted, if they said, hey, a new Resistance reboot is coming out or whatever, people might get excited, but that's not being announced, so people don't have that excitement there but uh in terms of ratchet and clank i see people wanting the new ratchet and clank or remasters remasters of the old ones i personally would be happy with both of those things because i liked ratchet and clank um at least the the the, um the remaster that was made for ps4 i haven't managed to play the uh the other games yet there's like nine of them but there is the trilogy that you can at least play um yeah spider-man 2 is a given i think they're probably working on that now i want to say um but we'll see what else insomniac decides to do they've got plenty of options so it'll be i agree with uh shuhei in terms of it's going to be an exciting future for insomniac because they've got so many options so and who knows maybe they'll even come out with another new ip but we'll see what happens uh but what would you like to see from insomniac in the future uh 
don't really know. It's just one of those things that, you know, since I didn't play a whole lot of those games, mm-hmm. uh, that's not really anything that's on my radar to that extent, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could also, I mean, you can also simply do, you know, if PS5 is backwards compatible with PS3, you've got the, the HD tr- trilogy there, and then you could just simply play those, because uh, I'm sure that they haven't aged that badly. Um, they're not, like, super high technical kind of games. Uh, it's basically like an action platformer, essentially. So th- those, those would still be fairly playable, I'd, ima- I'd imagine. Um, so you could also go through the, the route of doing that. So we'll see. Um, it's going to be a very interesting, I'd say, 18 months for for games. Uh, you know, with, with new things in development and with um, potential new consoles next year. So we'll see. Uh, what else do you, did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, for the people that are busy playing Gears 5 right now, the uh, Batista skin arrives today. Um, all you have to do is, uh, to unlock the skin, simply enter into the character customization menu in Gears 5 multiplayer, and then select Batista. Uh, so this skin is only available for the Marcus character, however. So it's not going to be on every single character for like the special abilities that are in multiplayer. It's just for him. Uh, but he does have 700 voice lines recorded for the Gears 5 multiplayer. That's quite a lot. Uh, so this isn't just, yeah, quite a lot. So this isn't just like a generic skin for, you know, Marcus to just have that and then nothing else. This is actually a full uh, um, uh, like over, su- oh, a full that, so. overlay. Yeah. Yeah, overlay was the word I was trying to come up with. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, for the Marcus character, but it is still, you know, part of the Marcus characters. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the are the Terminator sk- things just skins, or are they characters? Because I haven't stepped into. Uh, like I haven't really play. played any of the Gears game up until this point. Okay, so but yeah, I know that they've added obviously Sarah Connor, the Terminator itself, and obviously Dave Bautista, um, in there. So yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, people again, people that are going to be playing that regularly, uh, just gives them more options of characters to switch to plus you've got the original actual gears of war characters like you said marcus kate and whoever else is in there uh so there's plenty of options so yeah i wonder i don't think this is going to become a new kind of smash brothers thing where every couple of months they're announcing a new skin um do you think it could i mean i'm not expecting because smash brothers has got what 75 73 characters or something now i'm not expecting that level of additions to this gears of war 5 stuff um but what are you kind of expecting on that level? Like how many additions they, they could make? I don't even know that they'll make any more. The mm. only reason yeah. really that they put him into the game is he's been campaigning for about a year and a half or so mm-hmm. uh, to be in the Gears of War movie if they ever make a Gears of War movie. Uh, just because he's such a huge fan of the franchise and the series and he just wants to be part of it. So this is their little way of making him part of it without actually making him like a character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so past that, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what they add. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't expect like Solid Snake as a as a skin or something. It would have to be something that I guess fits in a little bit more. But we'll see. So, and again, I don't have too much interest in play because this is for the Horde mode stuff, isn't it? I think, or is it for yeah. the multiplayer as it, well? It's it's uh, for the multiplayer. So anything really okay. involving multiplayer. Because they still have like team deathmatch type multiplayer and stuff like that, don't they? Uh, I think that they I have that. think, but I forget. Yeah, so like like a normal Call of Duty style multiplayer. I think that they. I remember. That, I remember that at least they did have that because I remember playing it in some of the older Gears of War games. Um, but the Horde modes, obviously, it, the Horde modes more of the equivalent of Call of Call of Duty's like zombie mode and stuff. So 
hence the horde stuff. Uh, cool. Uh, well, exciting times for Gears of War, if you're a big fan. I I'm still going to go in there and play the campaign at some point. I just, like I said, am in the middle of playing other stuff and making little projects. So, <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. What else do you want to talk about today? Uh, well, Rockstar has decided to get in among the companies, creating their own game downloader. Uh, so they just announced that they've got their own software file to download. Uh, but they're giving you a bit of a, a perk if you do want to download it, is they're giving you GTA San Andreas for free. Uh, so you will need a Rockstar Games Social Club account to get started. Uh, and you probably have created that if you played any GTA Online game or Red Dead game online. Uh, those are both not required but highly encouraged. Uh, the launcher won't have a ton of games to start. It'll just have... Uh, San Andreas, GTA 5, L.A. Noir, Bully, Max Payne 3, and GTA Vice City. Cool. Um, which of those of you do you recall playing? Perhaps? Uh, I played a good chunk of the GTA Online, uh, just because it's a ton of fun. Like mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, is, I did, yeah. try to get in, did try to get into the uh, Red Dead Online. It's just, uh, being a solo player, there's not a whole lot to do that doesn't involve waiting on a lot of people. I mean, even with GTA 5, I mean, GTA Online, you can just queue in for a race and then just kind of be solo, and there just happens to be other people around you. Mm. Whereas yeah. with the, the uh, Red Dead Online, you're all basically doing missions and stuff. Even there was like a, a race thing that I saw. I was like, okay, I'll try that. And the race thing was just random targets would pop up, and you'd have to shoot them, and then people could still shoot you. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so what the hell is the point? <laughs> Yeah, uh, by the way, if you want to have a really good laugh and you want to watch some GTA 5 multiplayer stuff, uh, Funhouse, which is where uh, Alana Pierce currently works, she used to work at IGN, and you'll see uh, Raul Cooley there sometimes of iZombie, and he's also in Gears of War 5. Uh, they've done, a t I don't even know how many videos they've done, they've done a ton of uh, GTA online like gameplay videos and stuff, and they'll, they'll just have like random conversations, they'll play the game, they'll make jokes and all that sort of stuff, so uh, I I've watched like a fair bit of it, but there's probably hours worth of it, so um, yeah, if you want to have a good laugh and uh, watch some GTA online stuff, and they do like different game modes and whatnot, because there's, there's a ton of uh, GTA online stuff that you can do uh, on there, so yeah, if you want to have a look at that, look up, it, it's um, Instead of Fun House, like the H-O-U-S-E, it's Fun H-A-U-S-E. You, you'll find it if you if you start typing it in. It's a pretty popular YouTube channel. So, have you watched many of their videos? Uh, a few off and on. Um, they they spend so much time with the on-screen, with you know their camera reactions and everything. It takes yeah. away kind of from the gameplay. I'm more of a fan of 100% gameplay and then just the audio reactions to things. Hmm. Uh, but you know, I've seen a few videos, so yeah. Uh, they they did actually. Um, I think his name is uh, might be Alex, might Adam or something. Uh, I'm not like fully familiar with everybody there yet. Uh, they did also do a like a lengthy Hitman series, so and that was pretty fun. But that's enough talking about uh, other people's uh, things that they've done. Uh, yeah, in terms of um, GTA Online and stuff like that, I mean, there's a ton of stuff that you can do in there. Uh, it's even like you said, it it, it more uh, is like better to play if if you're on your own as well because there's like missions you can specifically go in and do on your own and there's a ton of those that you can do i remember this mission at like an airport thing where you had to steal one of the planes you could do that on your own and that was pretty fun so um but yeah uh, i mean because uh, Ub ubisoft has like something like this don't they as well where you have like an app that launches different stuff obviously ea's got ea access which does now have uh, anthem on there uh which is only what when did that game come out like february anthem came out 
um and it's already on it, now it's been longer than i, I want to say it's been longer than that but i couldn't tell you exactly when it came out right so yeah the game companies are starting to do it a bit more as long as it doesn't go the the tv uh route that we've currently got which is where every single company wants a streaming service and you've got like because granted you can still go out and buy individual games on their own uh you don't have to subscribe mm-hmm. to like ea access to play fifa you can simply go and buy it but um yeah i'm wondering if we're going down that route a little bit more um because obviously there's things like stadia and there's um what was the, what was the other one that was was out recently that the apple tv uh, arcade yeah the yeah. apple game service yeah so i'm trying to see a little bit more of that for the gaming side of things i'm wondering kind of where that's going but yeah, like I said, you can still simply buy games individually. As long as that's still an option, I think that's a good thing because you don't want to run into a situation where EA one day turns around and says, like, okay, all of our games are going to launch on EA Access, but we're not going to do any um, individual launches. Like, in order to have EA games, you'd have to subscribe to EA Access. I don't want games to sort of go down uh, that kind of route. So we'll see. Uh, but what do you think of that situation? Uh, well, I can kind of understand wanting their own launcher because mm-hmm. you're getting more money. You're not, you know, shaving off a cut to Steam or Epic Store or whoever. But then you got to remember you're going up against, you know, Steam, which has been around for mm. over a decade. And they have a massive uh, player base and a massive install base with the software. So you're basically banking on your brand name and brand recognition to get people to not use your to use your software and not somebody else's. Yeah. Um, so it really, kind of just depends on everything. Mm-hmm. Which, to be fair, Rockstar's a, a big name, so it could work better in terms of that. But I get what you mean. So yeah, we'll see what comes out from this. Uh, what else did you want to talk about today? Uh, well, the last thing that I had to talk about is uh, Square Enix will release the Switch versions of Dragon Quest, Dragon Quest Two, Luminaries of the Legendary Line, and Dragon Quest Three: Seeds of Salvation uh, via the Nintendo eShop in the West, day to date with the Japanese re- Japanese releases on September twenty seventh. So that's ten days away at the time of recording. Uh, so Dragon Quest is going to be five dollars US. Uh, Dragon Quest Two is going to be six fifty US. And then Dragon Quest Three is going to be twelve fifty US, uh, so very reasonable pricing with uh, very vintage games. Because mm-hmm. the Dragon Quest One, I believe, was an NES game. I think the American version was called Dragon Warrior. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that would have put it like ninety five, ninety six, something like that. Um, so, but still, you know, that just shows. Um, how much uh, the Switch's relevancy in uh, both modern gaming and retro gaming, uh, that that old of a game, and then the two sequels, that I don't know how much of a U.S. release or a U.K. release that they got, is going to be coming to the Switch through their eShop. Yeah, I mean, simply put, if you're a fan of Dragon Quest, you've got a Switch, and you want these long RPGs on the go, this is going to be another cool option for you. Granted, Dragon Quest Level on its own, is quite a bit of game. I mean, even that uh, demo that they put out is 10 hours long, and that's the length of, like, three playthroughs of Man of Maiden. Uh, potentially three, depending on how, how quickly you go through it. But, um, yeah, I mean, you could play things like Limbo and Inside, like, three or four times within those demos. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's a good option for those people. But outside of that, I don't think this is going to be something I'm going to be playing particularly. Um, but, yeah, in terms of uh, in terms of that, uh, if you want Dragon more Dragon Quest and you have a Switch, then it's going to be great for you. So, 
yeah, that's all I'd really kind of have to... I mean, the presses are fairly good for that as well. Uh, but that seems to be kind of... You know, you'll, you'll find a lot of games on the eShop for about 10, 20... Yes, like pounds and dollars. It's almost the same amount of money in some situations. Uh, but for around that kind of cheapish sort of price, you'll find uh, some smaller, cheaper games. So, yeah, it's kind of joining the queue of that. So, um, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about with this? Nope, that's all I had. Cool. Did you have any other news pieces? Nope, that's all I had. Cool. Uh, so if I told you that there was a oh, there was a game coming out uh, which was essentially a game where you play as a delivery man in a sci-fi, potentially dystopian future uh, setting, and I told you I was, I was excited for that, um, then yeah, that might be a, li- a little different. But then if I told you that, that game was being made by Hide- uh, Hideo Kojima, of course I'm talking about Death Stranding, uh, there's a lot of different things that could happen in this delivery game. Um, did you see the gameplay that was was put out? I saw some of it. I haven't had a chance to really sit down and watch the 50-minute uh, video because that is a bit of a time commitment. Yeah. And since it's a franchise that I'm not really super, super excited to, to bone up on like I am with the Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. um, I did see a little bit of it. Mostly I just saw the photos that uh, Kojima was posting where it was him. And Keanu Reeves, which uh, started the speculation that Keanu's in the game on some level. So he probably is, to be honest. Like that would be that would be pretty fun. Um, but we'll see if he is or not. Um, yeah, for me, I, I watched the whole 15 minute thing. I think there was another like 30 minutes released outside of that. Um, but I, I only managed to watch the uh, the 15 minutes of gameplay. It, it simply, as I put, it seems to be this game where uh, you're running around. There's, I think his name's Sam, uh, Norman Reedus's character, of course. Uh, you're running around as Sam or walking, and you're in this just big kind of field, as I could describe, maybe. And yeah, you've got like a bunch of um, packages on your back that are like delivery items for different things, and it just kind of seems like you're trying to get from point A to point B, but you'll come across things along the way. Uh, there was like a couple of guards that um, Sam ran into, and you had to use this um, almost like a taser gun, but like a size of like a rifle kind of thing. And uh, had the you know when you look down sights on certain guns and you can see different things, it had like this spread out kind of um, aim thing, uh, and that that was kind of interesting. But yeah, he didn't use any kind of guns, guns per se. It was more like a, it looked, seemed more like a sort of taser. Uh, at one point, um, I think Kojima was the one that was actually playing it. He was sitting next to this woman, and uh, I did watch the the Japanese dub because I couldn't wait for the uh, the English version, which I think is out there now. So they were talking obviously in Japanese and whatnot, so I didn't hear anything Kojima had to, to say necessarily. But um, yeah, it, it, it looks interesting, it looks exciting. I just think that when I've seen some of the negativity surrounding this game and everything like that, it seems like, from the kind of comments I'm reading, it seems like those people don't know what kind of games Kojima makes. Like They've never clearly never played anything uh, Metal Gear related or anything like that. Um, and they don't seem to be, you know, didn't obviously didn't play PT or anything, because he just, I mean, he comes out with with his weird and wonderful kind of ideas, and I think people that haven't uh, seen any of that, and this is maybe like their first experience of, of Kojima, they're really kind of slating this game in terms of like, okay, it clearly doesn't make any sense, and I'm fed up because I don't know what's going on, and I just don't think that's really a fair kind of criticism so because it's obviously it's obviously supposed to have mystery in it but obviously the one thing we wanted explained was okay what is the game like don't need you don't need to tell us the secrets of this universe of the stranding but what is the game and i feel like i mean the basic premise is you are this delivery man and you're 
going from point A to point B and delivering stuff, you'll just encounter weird stuff on the way and enemies and you'll have to figure out climbing stuff and you'll have to take care of this baby. So yeah, it's not going to be like everyone's cup of tea. Some some people are going to probably hate the game when it comes out. I've already seen some people saying that they, they hate the idea of the game and they're not going to play it, which fair enough. If you don't want to, you don't have to, obviously. Um, but yeah, what, what did you think of everything you'd kind of seen so far? Well, I, I agree with you that I don't really get the hate for the game just because I can understand being frustrated that we don't know more about the game than we already do. And I can kind of understand wanting to keep that under wraps in our age of instant spoilers for right. anything that comes out at any point in time in the history of ever. Um, I'm confused about the game because I don't know what's going on. Um, but like I said before, it's not really a game that I'm super, super amped up to play. So I can wait until all that comes out. And then we see, oh, this game's about this and this game's about that. And then we can go from there on pretty much anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but past that, you know, let the game come out. I mean, if it looks technically bad or if it functions technically bad in, like, demos or whatever, mm-hmm. then, yeah, absolutely slam it for that. All right. But, you know, since we've only seen non-interactive gameplay, just let it be its thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of the, the technical side of the game, nothing looks wrong with it, uh, at least from what I've seen. There might be things that people have spotted, but uh, in terms of, like, the actual quality of it, whether or not you like what's going on in the game is a different aspect of to how well does the game run and that and that sort of thing but in terms of like graphics and the technical side of things looks great i didn't see any problems um and the game's out in what like a couple of months so um yeah it's not not too long to wait so this is kind of closer to the final the final product because what we've seen of things like cyberpunk granted like that that game still looks great that game's still what like six more than six months away so that is going to look slightly different to what Something like Death Stranding looks like now because Death Stranding is closer to its release than what Cyberpunk is. Um, but uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think one thing that the people, the people who are criticizing the game, I think one thing that they're not kind of realizing is we're seeing the game from unknown points of story, and we, and therefore we don't know what's going on because we don't know the stakes or the motivations and that sort of thing. I think once people see the actual start of this game. Uh, and realize, okay, this is the the because we haven't had like the introduction to the game so far. We've just been dropped in in different points during the story. Because like the trailer they released a couple of weeks ago with uh, Guillermo del Toro's character, and the trailers with like everybody else, we don't know in which how far that is into the game. That could be three hours, it could be ten hours, whatever. Um, so in terms of people trying to figure the story out and stuff, I mean you can have fun with it and theorize and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, we, we we don't know how the world got to the way it was. Maybe we'll have some of that uh, described to us, but we don't know how the game starts. So we don't know how or why these people are in this situation to begin with. So, But yeah, sure, it still looks weird and mysterious and there is still tons of questions, but that's also part of this game as well. But um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm uh, looking forward to playing it on, obviously, uh, November 8th. Depends if, if I manage to get the game on that date. It is in my boomerang. Uh, rentals list so i have added it to that um but yeah it's a it's a delivery man uh, uh, you're playing as a delivery man and um there's going to be other stuff that i'm sure you'll do i'm sure the whole game won't be like that because there will be boss fights and stuff like that i'm pretty sure but um it's also not just a delivery man game it's a hideo kojima delivery man video game and that puts an entirely different kind of aspect on stuff Cause it, it, if you think about um for those of you that have or maybe haven't played 
Metal Gear. Think about like the simplicity of that. So where it's, it's Solid Snake and he's doing these espionage type missions, almost Twenty Four style, uh, with like you know a Jack Bauer or a Jason Bourne, those sorts of things. But then obviously with Metal Gear being a Kojima game, it's got all this weird, mysterious stuff in there. So that's kind of what you have to put uh, into perspective with uh, Death Stranding. That it's not going to be simpler because he's got obviously these uh interesting weird ideas so yeah i i liked what was shown um it didn't spoil or show or or show off too much i i think um and i think one of the other things with the game is there seems to be a lot of open areas which is a little bit uh breath of the wild-esque so i wonder if he, he is taking any influence from that which is a good game to take influence from but um as we saw in one of the previous it was either the trailer or the gameplay that we saw there is a bike that you can get in the game and there is vehicles that you can get into so you're not going to be spending necessarily 20 30 minutes just walking across grass and doing like nothing um so yeah there is going to be travel stuff in there so you're going to be able to use all that so um yeah that's kind of my thoughts on what we saw it was kind of basic but i i don't think you want to see like in terms of gameplay i don't actually think i need to see much more because the game's out fairly soon and i know kind of the at least the basic premise of of what's happening so uh well at least i think i do so um anything else for death stranding you want to discuss no i'm just generally curious to whenever it comes out so i can finally get answers as to what is going on in that world mm, yeah so we'll see on november 8th what happens uh cool in terms of news and stuff the mouse is frozen there we go uh yeah in terms of that sort of stuff um that was the only news thing i had there are some emails that we do have and there is also uh, the other questions from the, the video game questions thing that we was doing so we're going to jump into those and then we'll jump into emails and then we'll finish the podcast uh we'll do i think we'll do two more we'll keep doing two per week uh if things work out that way um number 33 so of course if you want to listen to previous questions or whatever they're in the previous podcast so go listen to those as well uh which uh video game character do you most wish you were like um I mean, is there any particular good characters? Because obviously you don't want to be like a villain or whatever, unless you want to be a villain, I suppose. But um, yeah, is there any characters you could think of that you wish you were more like, I suppose? Uh, It's a difficult question. I I mean, I wouldn't say no to Scrooge McDuck's money. That's for (laughs) sure. Um, But past that, no, not really. No? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, in terms of, I mean, they're not asking because we had. I think one of these was which game world would you want to live into? Live in. That's a, a bit of a different thing. Um, but I don't know. It's a bit of a bit of a, a bit difficult question because video game characters are kind of you know a little bit different and whatnot. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. So again, if you guys have any answers, of course I'll read out the email in, in a minute. So let us know who you wish you were more like. Uh, question 34. What's a game you spent the most amount of money on? Um, so, so for me, personally, I don't really play any of the mobile games with, like, microtransactions and stuff like that. Um, some of the game I've spent the most money on, I think, th- this doesn't count necessarily, because it's across different seasons, but maybe Telltale's The Walking Dead? Because I brought, like, season passes, brought the episodes, and I did replay season one on xbox one because i remember when uh i was moving from 360 to xbox one and i didn't want to play go back to my 360 to play the other episodes and i thought about the save file so i did go back and replay all of season one on um 
Xbox One, which of course meant I had to buy the episode again, but that was fine. So in terms of the yeah the game series I've spent the most money on, and of course you've got four seasons worth there of episodes. Uh, that's probably that because in terms of buying stuff in games and, and things like that, uh, there really isn't anything that applies to me in that way. How about you? Uh, if I had to guess at the top of my head, it would probably just be uh, Fallout Three, just because I don't remember there being a season pass. Okay. So there's four DLCs, and you had to buy each one individually. And then by the time I had bought in, uh, the first DLC, not the first first DLC, but there was a DLC to where it extended the storyline, uh, because uh, the initial Fallout Three had a hard end to it. So when you got to the final thing that you had to do, and then it ended, and it basically ended the game in a way that you couldn't continue on. Okay. And then it had a, uh, I think it was called Shattered Steel, but I don't know that that's 100% accurate, uh, DLC, and that basically kind of retconned the ending to where you could uh, continue on past the, the hard story end. Um, so each one of those DLCs was an individual purchase, so that's probably the game I spent the most money on. Okay, yeah. Uh, let's do two more actually, um, and then go from there. Uh, what's the next one? Thirty-six is who do you usually choose as your fighter in Super Smash Brothers or Soul Calibur? Um, I, I don't think either of us actually play those games. Uh, but in terms of, I'll I'll use a different game in terms of fighting. I I, I used to pick um Batman mostly. I think all the Flash. In uh, Injustice 2, because in terms of Soul Calibur, I don't think I've ever played Soul Calibur. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, of course, I have played it multiple times, but the only character, <laughs> the only character that I want to be on that game isn't even in that game, which is obviously Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I did try to play um, main uh, Link for for a fair bit, so I guess that would be my actual answer, because uh, I wasn't really interested in playing as any of the other characters, and I couldn't get to where I, I unlocked uh, Solid Snake, because that was the only other character that I wanted to play as. Um, because I don't get on with Mario a whole lot. Uh, Link, because I, I enjoyed Breath of the Wild and that, so I thought Link would be a cool guy to uh, to fight as, because I already liked the character. So that that would be my actual answer. So, how about you? I won't ever really play Smash hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Soul Calibur series, I bounced around between all the characters. and never really landed on one, just because when I started playing it with the original... Because it was, it was originally called Soul Blade... And then it did like a technical upgrade and then became Soul Calibur. And I played Soul Calibur 1 a ton on the Sega Dreamcast back when that was a console to have. Uh, But I played pretty much all the characters. I never really stuck with one. I mean, there was a couple like uh, Killick and uh, uh, Nightmare and the third one whose name I can't remember. To where the controls were so, you know, asymmetrical that they were just kind of difficult to play on a regular basis. Okay. But I pretty much bounced around between all of them. Cool. Uh, all right, let's move on to the actual emails, the feedback this week. Of course, you can get in contact for any particular reason, really. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, Twitter at eTalkUK. There's a contact page and information in your show notes. So if you'd like to discuss anything video game related or anything else entertainment talk related or feedback for any of our other podcasts, uh, please feel free to do so. Uh, Josh says, hey Matt, I have seen a lot of the Crash Bandicoot community hoping for Twin Sanity and some of the other games to be remastered. Would you want to see this? Absolutely not. Uh, I think in terms of remasters for the Crash Bandicoot series, we're, we're, we're done with that. Uh, we re- They remastered the... Uh, I don't know why I'm saying we, because us as a community didn't do it. It was uh, Activision. 
and uh, the, the actual developers. Um, in terms of remasters for the games that needed to be done, which was the original trilogy, Crash 1, 2, and 3, and Crash Team Racing, which of course they added Nitro Fuel to that game in a some roundabout way, uh, and called it uh, Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled. Um, those are the only two main games, or the main two, you know, because you've got the trilogy, which you could consider as, you know, is one game, because it's the insane trilogy. But I guess those four games for the Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, 3, and uh, Crash Team Racing, those are the only games that are, like, really actually cared about in the Crash Bandicoot series, and the only ones that really needed a remaster. I will actually be, if if we get to, like, the next E3 or, or, or wherever, because, you know, it's kind of a third-party game now, Crash Bandicoot, because it's obviously Activision, it's on Switch, PC, Xbox, and PS4. If we got to a particular conference of some kind, it could, it could really be shown off, like, anywhere or, or just a random YouTube video. If we got a video that said Crash Bandicoot Twin Sanity Remastered, I'd actually be really disappointed just because that would also, uh, I mean, I don't have to play it, I get that, but in terms of development time, resources and things like that, I just think it would be a complete waste of both. Uh, it would be a waste of money, it would be a waste of time, waste of resources, and I, I do, because I'm joined to a few Crash Bandicoot groups which I've discussed before. And some people every now and then ask, like, hey, do you think we'll get the Twin Sanity remasters? And I go in there and be like, no, you just ask yourself if you actually really want that. Uh, nobody really does. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd actually be quite disappointed. And there's, there's a whole bunch of other just, like, random, awful Crash Bandicoot games, which, you know, we, we should just leave in the past. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, in terms of Crash Bandicoot's future, obviously Crash Bandicoot 4 would be great. Uh, if they did, like I said, a, a potential Spyro Crash team up, because they're both in um, Crash Team Racing now, and you could do because there was one that was called Spyro, it was called Spyro Purple or Crash Bandicoot Purple or something like that, and it was basically where you uh, Spyro and Crash were in the same game. So if you did something like that, but a bit more modernised, that would be fairly good. But in terms of remasters, nah, you you absolutely don't need to do it, and I, I will be disappointed if that's announced. So. Um, yeah, are you surprised by my uh, opinion, I suppose? Not really. You've talked about that before. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it would be a bit of a disappointment. Because, you know, time, money, resources are all valuable things when it comes to video game development. So, uh, there's that. Uh, Becky says, uh, so you guys, so guys, I want you to both pick two games from Microsoft and Sony that are launch titles for both consoles. I can't speak. Uh, think of dev time, resources, and who could actually have their game out on time. Uh, so let, let's assume a holiday next year, PS5 and Xbox Scarlet both come out. Um, what what two games do you think are kind of guaranteed to be launch titles? Uh, for the Microsoft end, I would have to go with uh, Halo Infinite. Yeah. I don't know that that's a guarantee. Uh, that's the one that would make the most sense, both financially and as a brand awareness thing. Yeah. Because, you know, the original Halo was the launch title to have for the original Xbox. Mm -hmm. uh, we just got a Gears game, and there's not really a, an exclusive game past that on the Microsoft side. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm wondering about Ori, if they might push that. It's possible, but I really wouldn't call that a Microsoft exclusive, isn't it, on the Switch now? Yeah, it is. So, yeah. At least Blind Forest is. <laughs> yeah. Um... You know, they've got so many development studios that they could easily come somewhere out of left field mm -hmm. and just have, like, a whole new IP, which, honestly, I would love. Yeah. New generation, new IP, something to kind of reset the, 
the concept because let's face it, Microsoft, and I'm a huge Microsoft fan by, but they don't have the greatest exclusives and they don't have the greatest track record with exclusives. Mm-hmm. Um, for the PlayStation side, they could easily push uh, Last of Us 2 to the next generation. There'd be some minor writing for the people that don't want to buy the PS5 just yet. Mm-hmm. Even though technically they haven't even announced the PS5, they just said, oh, we're working on new tech. Yeah, We don't know that it's going to be a PS5, but it'll probably be a PS5. Uh, but they could do like a new you know, Uncharted game, maybe different protagonists, you know, something in the, in the canon. Uh, Last of Us 2, obviously. Uh, Spider-Man 2, although I don't think that game's even in development yet. Right. At least not anything past a pre-production yeah, I don't standpoint. Think, I don't think Spider-Man 2 would be ready uh, for, for launch, specifically. So, cause only... And I don't even see the need for like a, a remaster for the PS5, because no. it looks pretty damn good on, on its own. <laughs> It, that that's what kind of makes me laugh about like um, when people talk about the next consoles and they say, oh, "Are we going to get Cyberpunk and Last of Us remastered?" Think about what a remaster actually is, and then ask yourself if Cyberpunk is going to need a remaster. So it, I mean, because porting and backwards compatibility is a different thing. So um, yeah, at least on the Microsoft side, they can easily do like a, a higher higher res update. You know, maybe to get like a more dynamic 4K, something like that, because everybody knows that when Scarlet comes out, whatever they eventually finish calling it, right, everything yeah. that's you know on there previously is going to run. Now, for some of the older games, like the 360 or the original Xbox game, there might be like some lag time as they get the patches and the code worked out. But the fact that you can run original Xbox game on your One X now, mm-hmm. and the Scarlet's really just going to be a more powerful vo- version of the One X. It might just be like some minor patch things to clear out some unexpected bugs. Yeah. But it it's pretty much going to work regardless day one. Whereas PS5, we're all assuming that PS4 is going to be backwards compatible, but that's never been officially confirmed either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Outside of some talk about VR games and and PS4, but we'll see if what we'll see what they do with one, two, and three. So I mean, three has got the biggest question mark over it. So because uh, of the what was that thing called again? The pro, the cell processor. Yeah, the cell processor. Yeah, I always forget what that thing's called. Um, That's because uh, everybody mixes it up with the cell shading art technique. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, in terms of me, I would say I would say Ori and um, Halo Halo Infinite, with a third guest being probably a new Forza, because you know cars and like shiny new cool sounding cars are, are are a big thing for like you know. I mean, cause didn't they did that with? Um, Xbox One. They really showed off. I think it was Forza yeah. Six. I can't remember which one it was. Mo- Mo- yeah. Mo- speaking of cars, did you see that weird uh, interaction between uh, um, Toyota and some street racing game? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, um, somebody on Twitter was tweeting at. There's like a. I forget the name of the franchise, but it's basically like a, a street racing game where you have your cars and uh, you know you just race for you know, win new cars or whatever. And somebody tweeted at the company that was making the game and said, you know, and then tagged Toyota in it saying it would be nice to have the Toyota licensed cars in the game. And then the Toyota UK Twitter account replied saying, yeah, we don't condone, uh, you know, reckless driving. And then the game creator responded back to Toyota just saying, nerd. (laughs) I think I saw 
something similar to that. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would go with. I'm going to go with three. I'm going to, I guess, cheat the question or whatever. Uh, Ori, Forza, whatever the next one would be, um, and uh, Halo Infinite. But I, I do agree that Halo Infinite is probably the big like, hey, new Halo and all that sort of thing. So. Uh, in terms of PS5, I think Horizon 2, it depends, it, it doesn't, you know, the next Horizon game, whether it's Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Horizon 2, who knows, but uh, the next Horizon game, and uh, I don't think God of War will be ready, I don't think uh, Last of Us 2 will, I, I, I do think that Last of Us 2, Ghost, Shima, and uh, Death Stranding are all still PS4 games, because um, I, I think they're actually come out before um, the, PS, the PS5 comes out. Um... But, uh, yeah, I would go with, uh, um, yeah, so God of War I don't think will be ready, Spider-Man I don't think will be ready, I think those will be, like, year three, year two of, of PlayStation 5, maybe, um, but I would go with, like you said, the next Uncharted, because I do think that there's another one in development, um, did you play Uncharted 4? Nope, never played any of the Uncharted games. Okay, well, I won't spoil anything, but I think they'll use, well, what happened at the end of Uncharted 4 to do an Uncharted 5, if you've played the game, you'll know what I mean. Uh, if you haven't, then, well, go and play the game. Um, yeah, I think they'll use that to make another Uncharted 5. I still think that you could do, because they had the Lost Legacies uh, game with Chloe and um, N- uh, N- Nadine, Nadia, I think it was. Uh, I think you could just do a sequel to that as well. Um, so if you need a little bit more time with Uncharted 5, maybe, you could do a Lost Legacies too, which a lot of people seem to like. I enjoyed that game. Uh, you could probably do a sequel to that while you're waiting for Uncharted 5. Uh, or whatever the next Uncharted would be called, because uh, Lost Legacies was more of a spin-off. Uh, it was canon to the Uncharted games, but it was very much a spin-off. So you could probably do that. So I think Uncharted, uh, whether it be Lost Legacies two or five, um, I think you launch with that, and you launch with um, Horizon two. So yeah, I think those are the two big uh, potential launch titles. So. And then we'll see what uh, obviously everybody else comes out. I mean, I'm I'm guessing there'll be some VR launch titles as well. So we'll see what those might be. Isn't that Iron Man game supposed to be out this year? The Iron Man VR for 2019. I Uh, think it is, but I don't really follow uh, VR that well. So yeah, Um, there's a lot of rumors about a state of play uh, in the next couple of months. So who knows? They might do a state of play on it or include it in a state of play and then release it like a month after. Who knows? So. Uh, where were we with this? Um, yeah, that was that's everything. That's everything we've got for this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Of course, thank you as always very much for listening. Uh, it's always fun to do these podcasts and everything. Uh, and we'll of course be back next week with another one. We we're, we're gonna go and record our Arrow uh, final season preview podcast, which is of course for season eight of Arrow. So look out for that. But if you want to find the rest of the content, it's on EntertainmentTalk.org. If you want to support the podcast, support Entertainment Talk, we're on Patreon. We also have an Amazon affiliate link. We're also on iTunes, uh, so please rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. If you tap the subscribe button and then tap the five-star rating, uh, that's simply all you'll need to do. Um, in terms of other ways to support us, uh, there's, of course, word of mouth. Simply tell your friends and family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Uh, social media is obviously a powerful thing these days. Uh, you can share the posts on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. And if you find us in Instagram, you can like the posts, I suppose. I don't think you can share those or whatever. But, yeah, like the posts on Instagram or whatever. Uh, but share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter. And if you're allowed to, you can put them in different Facebook groups as well. Uh, in terms of other video game stuff, uh, of course you can watch me, Robert or David play different video games, me and David stream on Twitch, uh, Robert streams on Mixer, and look out for more Let's Play Sunday episodes, uh, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>